to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. There's a ton to cover here. There's an absolute ton to cover here, so I'm going to jump right in. First of all, Vanessa Hurst sent me a great document, and I have this document now on my website. And I want to describe, first of all, before I read this document, some of the updates to my website, which is AmericanEducationFM.com. At the very top of the website, of course, there's links to the podcast and where you can listen to the podcast. And then I have the American Classroom Substack where I'm putting about one article per month up there. Again, you can head on over there and read those. I make some predictions, educated guesses, you know, that thing called the scientific method that apparently no one uses anymore. Uh, I use it on a regular basis. And then on the right-hand side, I've started a separate little page that's just going to have PDF documents, PDF books, uh, pamphlets, a number of other things. So I also have, of course, my books are available on there. I have merchandise that's available on there. There's shirts, there's mugs, there's hoodies, the whole deal. And then, of course, the contact information. If anybody would like to be a guest, you're welcome to contact me. Tell me what's going on in your area. Tell me what's happening with the schools in your area. Again, regarding the jabs, the mask wearing, the school policies, you name it. We can talk about it and bring it up here without a doubt. Um, there's also uh, a sponsor and a donate section there if you're interested. I have a PayPal. The subscribe star is down right now, but if you're interested in doing that, it would be greatly appreciated because I'd love to keep this podcast going because, again, uh, this is going to get more intense as, as time rolls on here. So with that said, she sent me a document which is absolutely incredible, uh, and it's frightening, but it is a full-blown playbook. And it clearly seems that it's from the 50s, if I'm not mistaken. And it's titled, uh, yeah, here we go, 1959. It's titled, Soviet Commitment to Education, Report of the First Official U.S. Education Mission to the USSR, with an analysis of recent educational reforms. So I'm going to read the abstract, and then I want to read the foreword of this, because again, you're talking about roughly a dozen American communistic bureaucrats who all work in higher ed or worked in higher ed. They're all dead now, but they worked in higher ed and in American government. And essentially what they're doing is, is they're saying how great the USSR educational system is and can the American educational system ever reach as good a system as the USSR and the Soviets. So here's the abstract. It reads like this, quote, The Soviet view of education is a chief resource for achieving national, social, economic, cultural, and scientific objectives is reflected in this report of the first U.S. mission to the USSR. The following topics are covered. The administrative system of Soviet education, nurseries and kindergartens, schools of general education, extra school activities, education for the arts, Preparation of Workers, Teacher Education, Academy of Pedagogical Sciences, Higher Education, and the Academy of Sciences. The report does not compare Soviet and U.S. schools because of the vast difference in objectives. Theirs, to educate citizens to serve the needs of the state. Ours, to equip students to be productive, free individuals. Favorable impressions gained by the mission members include the growth and development of nurseries and kindergartens, dignity and respect between boys and girls, cooperation of industry with schools, and an emphasis on foreign language instruction. 
Less favorably noted are the lack of emphasis in the humanities, lack of instruction on other economic systems and societies, and other aspects of their uniform society. An appendix includes the studies required for various specialties at the Pedagogical Institutes and Soviet Educational Reorganization for 1959 to 1963. Uh, yikes. So, there's a lot of chapters and subchapters in this. The foreword reads like this, quote, This is a brief report on the observations of the first official United States education mission to the USSR. The first mission was made possible by the exchange agreement negotiated by the U.S. Department of, the St of State and signed on January 27, 1958. The agreement authorizes exchanges in cultural, technical, and educational fields to promote mutual to promote mutual understanding between the people of the United States and the Soviet Union. As members of the first exchange group, we spent one month from May 8th to June 6th, 1958, in the USSR. While there, we conferred with Soviet educators and visited approximately 100 schools and other educational institutions. Our visit was returned by a group of nine Soviet educators in November and December 1958. Since the agreement was made, there have been a number of other missions, and hundreds of books and pamphlets have been exchanged between the two countries. Most of the American books sent to the USSR were donated by the American Textbook Publishers Institute and various educational associations. It is to be hoped that these exchanges have opened the door to a better understanding between the people of the USA and the USSR. Our mission had two main purposes, to lay the foundation for productive cultural relations between the education agencies and institutions of the USSR and the United States of America, and to secure first-hand information on the operation and accomplishments of Soviet schools. In a chartered plane, we traveled as a team for 7,000 miles uh, from Belorussia uh, to the Urals, from the Chinese border and the blah, 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 and the Baltic Sea, the U.S. Department of, I'm skipping here, the U.S. Department of State had suggested that a film be made of our tour, blah, 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 blah. Uh, did we see what was really going on? We believe we did, at least in education. Visiting schools and colleges and conferring with Soviet education educators were similar to such experiences in the United States, except for the language barrier. I'm going to read that again. Visiting schools and colleges and conferring with Soviet educators were similar to such experiences in the United States, except for the language barrier. Teachers and school people have many common problems the world over. We felt quite at home discussing some of the problems educators face everywhere. We had interviews and conferences with education officials and visited all types of levels of educational and cultural institutions as individuals and as a group, and we had many illuminating contacts with Soviet society. Soviet educators seemed generally frank in answering our questions. They gave us the impression they realized they still have a long way to go to achieve their own standards, but they are proud of their achievements and confident about eventually reaching the goals they have set, period. Uh, let's see. We caution the reader not to make broad and conclusive generalizations on the basis of the op uh, observations we report. The Soviet Union and the Soviet education and Soviet education are very large entities, and we have noted the situation is indeed in a state of transition. 
We make no effort to compare the school of the United States with those of the USSR, but we must measure the progress of each by its own separate goals. But we do emphasize that whether we like it or not, competition has been imposed upon us by a nation of vast resources, a people of seemingly unbound enthusiasm for self-development, governed by a ruling hierarchy, which is determined to use that self-development to cast about the world the shadow of communistic domination. Communist domination. To sense this issue at first hand is indeed a sobering experience. We came back deeply concerned about our poor schools now suffering from neglect. But we returned with a new application and renewed faith in the American system as reflected in our better schools, where citizens have cared enough and done enough to make the American ideal of the sa- of a sound education for all come true, or nearly so. The question is, will we Americans work and sacrifice to extend to all of our youth the best in American schools? Unquote. And then this is the first paragraph of the very first chapter. It reads like this, quote, The one fact that most impressed us in the USSR was the extent to which the nation is committed to education as a means of national advancement. Well, doesn't that sound familiar? In, in, I mean, that, that can be interpreted two ways. It depends on who's holding office, doesn't it? It depends on who's in charge. If the right people are in charge people who care about our country, the safety of our country, and teaching history and science and XYZ accurately, not, not the drivel that we've been fed our entire lives, but actually accurately, then that would be fine. But if a propagandist is in office, it's game over. It continues and it says, In the organization of a planned society in the Soviet Union, education is regarded as one of the chief resources and techniques for achieving social, economic, cultural, and scientific objectives in the national interest. Tremendous responsibilities are therefore placed on Soviet schools and comprehensive support is provided for them by all segments and agencies of Soviet society, which means government, government, government. This is where the business of quote-unquote state standards all came from. It's a communist ideology. Everybody must teach the same. Every must, everyone must do the same. Look where that's gotten us. Look where that's gotten us as a country. It's frightening. And I'm sure that as a person continues to read this document, which again is, is on my website for free download, all these are free downloads, by the way, um, that right there should tell people about all they need to know. And again, there are countless authors that have clearly been criticizing such, a, such historic moves for a very long time about American educators going to Europe and going to Russia to learn about what they're doing and what makes their place so great. Is it so great? I mean, we don't know. Now we know that Russia is not a communist country. They're arguably one of the most Christian countries that exists out there. I mean, they've they've changed, which is fine. I'm not calling it the greatest country in the world. I don't know. I've never been there. I'm not a scholar on Russia. But what I do know is a little bit of communism. And the fact is, is that when those individuals from Europe moved over to the United States, it was very simple. They wanted to destroy what we had going on here at the time, in particular in the early 1900s. Because they saw what a great time we were having. They saw how free-flowing the education was. 
People could read, they could write, there was grammar, there was spelling, there was all that fun stuff. Now that doesn't exist anymore because they wanted everybody to be as miserable as them. Now look at higher education. I'm not saying it's like this everywhere in higher education, but there's a lot of miserable people in higher education. Just look at all the policies. Look at the game players. It's, uh, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Now, speaking of higher education as well, one of the interesting trends that I've seen on higheredjobs.com, which is one of the major job boards for positions in higher education, whether it be teacher education, XYZ, whatever, in teacher education specifically, the jobs that are popping up right now are in two separate areas. One is in the area of, I'm not necessarily going to call it qualification, but they're adjunct positions, countless adjunct positions for adjunct professors, which again are primarily part-time. In fact, they are all part-time. They're absolutely massive right now. They're not, they're not adjunct positions in online institutions, though. They're adjunct positions in actual brick-and-mortar schools. I think that's going to get even bigger. I think that as time goes on, they're going to try to look for more and more people to be adjunct professors as opposed to assistant, associate, or full professors. They're, they're adjuncting, they're part-timing their way through their programs and, uh, and, and with their teaching policies. That's number one. Number two, the jobs that exist out there for counselors and people with counseling education experience is massive. I've never seen so many jobs in my life for counselors and, and people wanting to be counselors or learning how to be counselors and then hiring counselors to teach those that want to be counselors. I mean, it's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. The same thing is true with educational psychology, but mostly counseling. It's as if K-12 schools are just counseling centers now. But does, I mean, does that sound healthy to anybody? Think of what's going on in K-12 institutions right now. As I've said in the past, they seem like, even at a novice standpoint, it seems like they are arguably the most unhealthy environments, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially, without a doubt. So, yeah, I can imagine them needing more counselors. I can imagine people hiring more counselors. The other reason for that, too, and this has been a trend that's been growing since the 80s at a rapid rate, and that has to do with the number of special education students that exist in K-12 education. It's enormous. It's enormous. It's at least 40%, give or take now. The number of students, the percentage of students in K-12 schools, 40% of them are considered special education. And you need counselors because counselors are essentially now secretaries, so to speak. I mean, they're filling out paperwork for special education students all of the time. IEPs, 504s, you name it. That's, that's why more and more districts are hiring counselors. I mean, it makes sense, but wow. Think of just the basic instruction that's been completely deleted and totally removed from K-12 institutions. It's gone. I mean, it's just gone. And, you know, yeah, I don't know. Part of it's unfortunate and part of it, I mean, the writing was on the wall. There's only so long that you can mislead people. There's only so long that you can not prepare them 
for the real world. There's only so long you can lie to them and mislead them with bad information, poor textbooks, and control their minds with that kind of false information. And there's so much of it that it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. I also think that that trend with the number of jobs that are on these higher ed boards right now, in particular here in the middle of July, has to do with the number of people that are leaving. I don't think anybody's really going to report on that. We're certainly not hearing a lot of that. We're not hearing people who are in higher ed positions say, you know what, they want us to have the jabs. We're forced to wear masks. I don't want to do it anymore. I quit. We know nurses are doing it. We know doctors are doing it. We know that K-12 teachers are doing it. But education is the area. And I mean, it's even in, in medicine, but education is the area where people aren't talking about that. And again, even in Nelson County, Kentucky, as Vanessa Hurst has brought up in the past, they have, they have like 30 openings at least. And I think that number's growing and they're not filling them. They're not filling these positions. That's going to get worse. And it's all because of the jabs now. It's all because of the mind control, the masks, and the jabs. Okay, now, we're segueing here right into jab news, more and more jab news. And I have a story to tell a little bit later, which was really messed up. And I went to uh, my local doctor to pick up some drugs for uh, some poison ivy on my face. And right out of the gate, he was telling me, whether or not he was asking me whether or not I had had the jabs. Of course, he didn't say jabs. He said COVID shots. Have you had the COVID shots yet? I'll tell that story in a little bit, though. First off, this comes from LeoHoman.com, and the title is Behind the Vaccine Veil Doctor Cites Whistleblowers Inside CDC Who Claim Injections Have Already Killed 50,000 Americans. Quote, good doctors are doing unthinkable things. They appear to be under a spell. And this is Dr. McCullough, if you're not familiar with him and his work, Dr. Peter McCullough. So yeah, uh, there's a lot of audio there. It's over 48 minutes long. I'm just going to read a couple of quotes here from this article. It says, quote, and doctors, good doctors, are doing unthinkable things, like injecting biologically active messenger RNA that produces this pathological spike protein into pregnant women. I think when the doctors wake up from their trance, they're going to be shocked to think what they've done to people. No kidding, unquote. Um, there's another one. It says, we now have a whistleblower inside the CMS. And we have two whistleblowers in the CDC. We think we have 50,000 dead Americans, 50,000 deaths. So we actually have more deaths due to the vaccine per day than certainly the viral illness by far. It's basically propagandized bioterrorism by injection. Okay. Now, might as well tell the story now. It fits perfectly. Okay, so I went to my local doctor. Usually about once every summer I get poison ivy. Um, regardless of how much I scrub, it just, I, I don't know, it finds its way in. So now it's on my face and I showed up to get prednisone. The last time that I heard about him, um, he was double masked, jabbed to the bone and telling everybody that Fauci was the science, quote unquote. So I knew what I was, I knew what I was in for. 
Um, I didn't think he'd get as hostile as he did, which was interesting. I've known this guy for a long time, um, decades as a matter of fact, off and on as I've moved around the United States. But um, yeah, so anyway, first words out of his mouth when he comes in, and he's not wearing a mask when he comes in, but he walks right past me, sits down at a table right next to me, and puts his mask on. Staring at his computer, the first thing he says is, have you had your COVID shots? And I looked at him and I said, hell no. I said, why would I do that? I said, you're not giving those out, are you? And he kind of leaned back and his eyes got big and he said, well, I would if I had more of them here. He says, I'm all out. I don't have any more, but I certainly would if I had them here. And I said, uh, I said, well, that's, that's too bad. And then he looked at me and his, again, his eyes got big. I can't see his mouth, but his eyes got big and he started to get a little hostile. And he said, um, well, it's real simple, Sean. It works like this. And he puts his, both of his index fingers together up at about 12 o'clock, and then he outlines a circle and brings them down to about 6 o'clock. And he says, it, it works like this. Every person that, that gets these COVID shots prevents 1% of the population from dying of COVID. None of that made sense to me. I mean, it was gibberish, absolute gibberish. And so sometimes I'll ask rhetorical questions, but uh, I looked at him and I said, well, do you know what's in it? And he looks at me, again, big-eyed, his eyes got big, he leaned back in his chair, he, he turned, faced me, and he said, yeah. He goes, it's messenger RNA, and let me tell you what it does. And I said, all right. I said, I know what it does. And he goes, all right, well, first, you know, I'll tell you. And then he said, it, it, it makes its way into your cells, and it keeps your cells from reproducing COVID if you were to get it. That way, you don't get it, and the people around you don't get it. That's exactly what he said to me. And I just looked away, and I kind of shaked my head, and I went, wow, okay, okay. And then he kind of kept talking a little bit, and then he said, okay, you go ahead and tell me. What's, what's in it? And I said, well, I said, it, uh, it hijacks your RNA. It floods your body with spike proteins as a result, in particular when you, come, when, when you become reinfected with something, whether it just be a common cold or a bacterial infection or what have you. And I said, and the spike proteins attack every organ in the body and have done so in countless people. And uh, you end up with organ failure and completely immunocompromised. And I kind of left it at that. And then he just looked at me, and honest to God, he must have repeated this line at least two or three times. He said, well, we haven't seen any, seen any of that. I haven't read any of that, and uh, I haven't heard any of that. And that was kind of it. And then later on, he, he said the same thing. He just said, well, that's interesting. We haven't, uh, we haven't seen any of that. I haven't read any of that, and, and we're not hearing any of that. And I looked at him, and I just said, well, give it time. And then he said, but I have heard about the uh, myocarditis, you know, the inflammation of the heart, if I'm saying that correctly. And, um, and, and he goes, but, you know, it's remarkably rare. And, and then no one's died, and uh, no one's died. And that was his final quote. He said, no one's died from the shots. No one. He actually said no one. It's insane. It's absolutely insane.
And I was the only one in this doctor's office not wearing a mask. Everybody else was masked to the bone. There, there was one nurse that wasn't wearing a mask, but you know, as soon as somebody would walk up to the plexiglass, she'd quickly throw it on. Like that makes a difference. These people have no idea how they've been lied to. They have no idea. Absolutely no idea. And again, as I as I've said in certain posts, and I put this I put the story on Gab if you want the direct quotes, but um, the blood that is going to be on their hands is 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 astronomical, as even Dr. McCullough has said here. Some of these doctors have got to wake up, and unfortunately, I think it's going to take their own staff members, their own patients, and they themselves um, in serious, serious pain and in serious trauma and dying in order for them to realize it. And even then, they won't blame it on the jabs. They just won't. You know that they won't. They'll find any other reason they can uh, to blame it on something else. So there's that. Here's the interesting little piece of audio I do want to play, and this comes from Australia. Um, and it's it's on greatawakening.win, but I, I th- certainly thought it was worth playing. It's a quick 38-second clip, and it's from BitChute, which again, by the way, if you wanted up, if you want update stuff on uh, updated stuff on what's going on, you've really got to get on BitChute, um, and you've got to get on Telegram, the the COVID vaccine injuries page. Beach Milk has a bunch of stuff as well. There are lots of pages out there talking about this. Even Gateway Pundit. Gateway Pundit has a story out now that says the exact same thing. I mean, for, for, for my doctor to not know that people have died or to actually have the gall or the, or the level of, of cognitive dissonance to actually say out loud with some, uh, you know, with some authority in his voice that no one has died... He apparently doesn't read the Gateway Pundit um, from July 13th, where it says, shock report, there were more COVID-19 vaccine deaths last week in the U.S. than COVID-19 deaths. And the VAERS report has it at 9,048 and climbing, to say the least. So now there's at least 9,125, they're saying, and of course that's only 1% to 10%, as I've mentioned a million times, as countless people are, are mentioning. It's just nuts. So here's uh, an Australian expert, quote-unquote, and as the Post says, he accidentally says the truth part out loud. Grant Chaps about this. Good morning, Grant Chaps. Morning. Morning. Um, you, would you please explain the evidence that um, you've looked at to make this decision? Yeah, we know that double vaccinated or fully vaccinated people uh, are much more likely to get and also carry um, the coronavirus. Um, so there comes a point where, you know, there's a, a balance to be made by allowing people to see perhaps friends and family or even go on holidays uh, to countries which are in the amber um, category, which are the vast majority of countries uh, in the world. Uh, and that's, that's where we've got to, based on the advice of, of chief medical officer and, and others. Let me recap that briefly. He said, quote, We know that double vaccinated, fully vaccinated people are much more likely to get and also carry coronavirus. Hmm. Interesting. You think? Wonder if my doctor's heard of this guy. Apparently not. And again, these doctors have no idea 
that the literature is completely corrupt, that the numbers they're reading are corrupt. It's, it's beyond awful, and they aren't connecting even the most basic dots. The very look, again, I'm going to return to the story real quick, the very look in his eyes gave away total shock. Because you know that just basic math would, would have to prove that he has other patients who have said the same things to him that I've said. Because the statistics he was saying to me made no sense, means zero, which means he makes zero sense, which means what is, what is he doing? What is he doing? He's killing people. Again, the Gateway Pundit has another story. Quote, FDA to add new warning on Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine related to autoimmune nerve syndrome. Jillian Barr syndrome, I believe it's what it's called, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, or Barre or Beret, something. Point is, yeah, that's been a, that's been a symptom and a life-altering, paralyzing symptom for countless people, regardless of the brand of the jab. It doesn't matter if it's Johnson & Johnson or, the, or one of the other ones. Interesting thing I also saw on Telegram, I believe it was from the COVID vaccine injuries or bit, uh, beach milk, but, it, it, but they said uh, AstraZeneca, when you break the word apart by syllables and pop it into an English to Latin dictionary, it translates as weapon that kills. That's actually what it translates to. Astra stands for weapon, Z stands for that, and NECA stands for kills. I mean, they're laughing at us to our faces. That's real. Do it yourself. Check it out. They have an entire picture of them popping it in. It's just nuts. Not to mention, there's more stories again. Ivermectin. It cures SARS-CoV-2 in 48 hours or less. The jabs do nothing. They're killing people. And these doctors are so unaware. And it's not all of them, clearly, but my God. My God. There was another thing, too, which is always worth bringing up. Um, and it's the presence of these bots that exist on the Internet. In particular, and I'm going to define this as briefly as I can because I've seen actual video of this, and it's frightening. But it's rooms that are just filled with cell phones, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cell phones. And then they're all tied to just a couple of computers. So the person behind the computer can pop in a particular message, for example, because they're doing this with pro-jab stuff and pro-jab statements, and then making fun of people who are criticizing the jabs and criticizing the masks and criticizing educators that are pressuring other people to do all of this stuff. But... They, they they essentially just send it out to these to countless fake accounts, and this isn't new. This is something that's been going on for a very 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 long time, in order to again manipulate people and just push a fake message on people. But they read it online and they think it's real. They see it behind some fake emoji or fake uh, avatar on on uh, social media, in particular Twitter, and the next thing you know. Uh, the most gullible are actually believing it. So, just more horrors, just more of a horror show. All right, now there's two more things here that I want to cover, and I'm going to link the description of these two documents 
below the episode of this podcast so that you can you can download them if you're interested. And again, you can make your own, which is fantastic, and I know that lots of people have. But it, it, toward the beginning of this podcast, back in October of 2020, I, I, I started doing this, and I certainly made this very move not exactly one year ago, approximately. And what I did was, is where I live, in the county where I live, there are roughly 10 school districts. And I emailed all of the board members, all of the superintendents, and countless uh, principals and assistant principals of these buildings. And I told them what was going to be happening in, in 2020, starting the beginning of the school year. I was telling them and, and sharing information about the mask wearing and how they need not do it ever. And that they are local government and they don't have to do what the state says. Local people elected local board members. The problem is, is that nobody's thinking here. Everybody's just in lockstep with one another with their own health departments, which are corrupted by themselves and then corrupted by the CDC and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's beyond out of hand. So you can send PDFs and emails and letters to them. I've watched these board meetings, though, where the board members make fun of parents who are sending them these documents. And they'll say, well, we had more parents send us these documents and uh, we, we've taken a look at them and, you know what, we, we completely disagree and, uh, you know, but that's fine and parents are entitled to disagree and blah, 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 because we're just doing what we think is safe and whatever. And see, that line right there is the kiss of death. We're doing what we think is safe. Not what is, but what we think is. And that's a huge problem. So, a couple of things here. First of all, Almost every school district at this point, K-12 or otherwise, including higher ed, will have a, sim- a, a very similar document, and they will have school reopening plans for return safe to in-person learning. And I'm going to read briefly parts of this particular document because it's absolutely insane. So, one paragraph says this, and this is kind of in the multi-page introduction from the superintendent. And again... These people are not well. They're not well. So think of what they're teaching your children. They're just not well. It says this, quote, We are not offering a remote learning option for the 2021-22 school year. Our survey had less than 1% of the families requesting a remote learning option. However, as I stated earlier, we must plan for the worst-case scenario, too. If the governor... ODH, BCDH, Board of Education, or other legal entity declare an emergency or the closing of schools, our staff and administration will develop and communicate similar plans to the 2020-21 school year for a fully remote schedule or a combination of remote and in-person learning. Our goal, in bold letters, is to open with in-person learning for all students in August 2021. Now, you can see and hear by me reading that, hopefully, they're leaving their options all open. The door is wide open for them to do whatever they want. The playing field is wide open. Anything goes, you see, because if things get crazy, we will revert back to what we did in the past. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, they have no idea what's coming. 
They have absolutely no idea. They say this, quote, next paragraph, We are working to take every precaution we can to keep students safe and staff as safe as possible. Please understand that the COVID-19 pandemic continues to evolve within our community and our state. Decisions will be made based upon data and science. Dun, dun, dun. Give me a break. It says this, next paragraph, Currently, we will not require staff or students to wear masks during the summer activities. However, if families, staff, or students decide to wear masks, they may wear masks. They are still the, there is still the question about students who are under 12 years of age and are not allowed to be vaccinated. As we get closer to August and the opening of the school year, we may need to require students under 12 to wear masks and follow similar protocols put in place during the 2021 school year. Our Board of Education will make more decision, decisions as we get closer to the start of school. We will communicate with families when we know more. You know nothing now. You don't know anything now. What on earth are you going to... Oh, this is just... My God. Okay, I gotta keep reading this because it's, it's, that, it's that horrific and that nuts. And funny kind of at the same time is how stupid these people are. It says this, quote... It is imperative that families have a backup plan in the event of their child becomes ill, uh, is quarantined, or school must shut down. While we believe the COVID-19 pandemic is moving in the right direction, it is imperative that families have a plan B ready. We will need to evaluate students, staff, and visitors for COVID-19. We will work with the BCDH, Department of Health in the county, uh, to make determinations of isolation, quarantine, or no decrees based upon what we know. Whatever that means. Uh, families will need to show proof of COVID-19 vaccinations, alternative diagnoses, negative diagnoses, or other approved medical documentation. We will continue to re re review data, disease progression, and evaluate our school's plans throughout this pandemic. We will also continue to network with the experts on this subject. My God, their experts are Fauci, CNN, the mainstream media, and anybody who says the word variant, or says wear a mask, or says people gathering is a problem, or whatever. That's who they're relying on. It says each school will continue to share building-specific information to help everyone better understand how the school day will go regarding social distancing, hallways, mealtimes, recess, etc. They're segregating and they're discriminating against students. These are crimes against humanity and K-12 schools are willful participants. It continues, our goal is to open schools with increased cleaning. Uh, they have no concept of the immune system and how that works. We're not talking about bacterias here. We're talking about a deadly poisonous jab that you've all jabbed yourselves with, and there's no stopping what's coming. Nothing can stop what's coming. Reminders of social distancing, proper hand washing and cleaning, and optimal mask wearing. We know and believe our plans could change if COVID-19 numbers rise. As always, we appreciate the partnership of the blah, 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 and the blah, blah, blah. Please contact your teacher first if you have any questions or concerns, and then the principal if needed.
We have allocated approximately $1.7 million in COVID-19 recovery funds. It's big business, this COVID-19 stuff. We also need our families to check our websites and watch what happens and yada, yada, yada. I want to get down to the sporting activities because this is hilarious. And I've read things like this before. I mean, I know that I have. Maybe months and months and months ago, if not late last year. But this business of the mask wearing among athletes is absurd. It says distance, as much social distancing as possible, six feet when possible. Spend as little time close together as possible. Minimize visitor and contact. Visitors and contact. Hygiene. Keep hands clean. Frequent washing and hand sanitizing. None of this works. The hand sanitizing. Hand sanitizer is poison. It's poison. But these people don't know that, and they aren't thinking. Face-to-face or school-in-person, as much social distancing as possible. Clean one another. Sterilize one another. Wash one another thoroughly. Take showers together. I'm kidding. It doesn't say that. But eh, this is what they believe. HVAC systems and filters are monitored constantly to ensure adequate airflow. I wonder if they put somebody next to those uh, air conditioning units with binoculars in a hazmat suit, you know, with, uh, oh God, with another filter in hand ready to go. Wouldn't that be hilarious? They probably do. Worst case scenario, remote online learning. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's going to happen. You're going to close again. But it's not going to be because of COVID-19. It's going to be because of your jabbed staff members are going to be dropping like flies. And that's what I said in this message, in this PDF document that I sent to this school district and countless other school districts in the area. I said, buckle up. Here it comes. And I give them the truth, and then pages and pages and pages of references, all hyperlinked, which they'll never read, because they don't want the truth. Their comfortable delusion for them is good enough. Student illness and school during the school day. Parents and families may be required to pick up their child immediately, or we will exterminate them behind the gym. It doesn't say that, but it does say pick them up quickly or else. Um, let's see. Possible symptoms. Do you have these symptoms? This is insane. Okay, on to the athletic stuff. Here we go. This is crazy. Ah, but first, before I do, check this out. Oh, this is just, this is horrific. Classroom occupancy and information. Multiple bullet points for what the classroom is going to look like. Ask yourself if this is going to sound like a healthy environment to you. If this sounds like a healthy environment to you, you need to be hit on the head with a tack hammer because you're a moron. So here's what it says. Quote, first bullet point. Students will sit as far apart as possible. Six feet of social distancing between desks will not occur due to the limited sizes of the classrooms. So they have to sit as far away as possible, but six feet of social distancing between desks won't occur because of size of the classrooms. Hmm. They're going to be hanging from the rafters? You're going to be throwing assignments up into the ceiling panels because they're going to be glued to the ceiling? We're back to this. It's 2020 
all over again. All over again. My hope is this, as I continue to read this, and I promise I will, because this episode is getting long. My hope is this. My hope is that the school closes because of the ill from the jab so that the insanity here stops. Because, again, the unjabbed, if they're actually still going to K-12 schools and schools like this, are going to be fully brainwashed. And ultimately, they'll end up getting the jab. And ultimately, they'll end up sick or dead as a result of just the, the, the sheer pressure most students will spread apart two to three feet within a classroom. This will be based upon size of the classroom and also introduction needed. Oh, sorry, instruction needed. I can read, I promise. Some students will require one-to-one -one or small group instruction. Classroom occupancy will be determined based on each individual circumstance. Face coverings are optional for all students. However, a final decision has not been made yet. Uh-oh. This plan will be updated in July after it is submitted based upon COVID-19 and the ability for students under age 12 to be vaccinated. See, wear the mask if you're not jabbed. Segregation discrimination. These are crimes. These are crimes. Civil Rights Act thrown out the window. School employees will be optional to use face coverings. When they are within six feet of students, families will need to provide their own optional masks. Individual buildings, it's just awful. If students are required to wear masks, families will be required to wear and supply those masks. Individual buildings have developed, implemented, and shared their safety procedures and protocols. Please contact the building or teacher for more information. If some teachers have shower curtains, you should too, potentially. It doesn't say that, but why not at this point? Due to having students and staff return, it is not possible to guarantee that COVID-19 won't spread. Bold letters here. We need everyone to partner with us to make our schools as safe as possible. It's impossible now. That's impossible now because of your own stupidity and your own actions. You have too many jabbed, walking around unjabbed. Countless people are going to get ill now from the jabbed. This is nuts. Every classroom will be cleaned every day. Well, okay. Spacing is an issue due to building design and blah, blah, blah. Spacing issue, remote learning, in-person learning, during worst-case scenario. Again, it's coming. It's coming. Visitors, volunteers, lunches, parties with students, transportation. That'll be fun. I'm not going to read it. It's depressing. Um, let's see. Athletics. Recess, field trips, athletic and extracurricular activities. This is hilarious. It's one page. Please bear with me. It says this, quote, OSHA, the governor, health department, and the district will provide guidance and recommendations. Uh, the school district will follow all required recommendations. There you go. See? So if they say, wear a sombrero, stand in a bucket of water, and hold a toaster plugged into the wall, well, if it prevents COVID, we got to do it. So everybody get on board and be a team player. Decisions may change throughout the school year. Sure. Every, everything's liquid here. It's all liquid. Constant fear. Constant panic. And all they want is a healthy work environment. Bullshit. 
The plan will be to allow activities that meet the criteria established. Social distancing and sanitation will be emphasized. Well, isn't that great? The administration, nurses, health departments, and athletic director will make the final decisions. Oh, there you go. Not common sense, but bureaucrats and the unknowledgeable are making final decisions. These are not healthy environments, ladies and gentlemen. Environments like this are not healthy. Student athletes and coaches will be required to complete their own wellness check prior to participation. Student athletes and coaches will not participate if the student athlete or coach is ill or not well. I'm not ill and not well. Uh, reading this. Reading this is making me sick. Uh, let's see. Student athletes and coaches will need to report COVID-19 symptoms or a COVID-19 diagnosis to both the district and the county health department, on which point you will be shot in the back of the head, thrown into a body bag, dumped into a Mack truck, and buried at an undisclosed location. But plans could change. Plans could change. It doesn't really say that. But why not? Um, contact will be permitted. Athletes will try to maintain as much social distancing as possible. And each athlete and coach will be encouraged to use hand sanitizer, wash hands, not touch their own face, as well as other follow hygiene blah protocol all times. Uh, yeah, you can't, you can't. You can't make up the stupidity here. Um... They must bring their own water bottle with their name clearly marked on it. The water fountains uh, may possibly be turned off or not accessible. Viruses don't exist in water. Do you understand? They don't. These these idiots. It in yeah. It's just blood. It just exists in blood. That's all. Locker rooms may not be available. A small bag is permitted to carry items needed for training. All personal items may be taken home and cleaned daily. Athletes must disinfect the equipment after every use. No spitting, eating seeds, or chewing gum during practices and workouts. That's an actual line. Vulnerable individuals will not participate in any practices or workouts. Students who wish to wear an optional mask are encouraged to bring extra masks. In addition, and it's coming to a close, I promise, and then i got to wrap this up because I'm getting lightheaded and I'm hungry, but I'm lightheaded because this is insane. In addition, we will continue to enforce these general guidelines related to our facilities. General cleaning and disinfecting will take place daily twice, and in between practices, weight room equipment will continue to be sanitized after every use. These poor custodians, these poor custodians, I feel so bad for them. I've always felt bad for them. They're some of the most abused people, and they're some of the nicest people. Of course, the ones that aren't sleeping with students, and you know, I mean, you get what I'm saying, but and using drugs and whatever else. But they really are some of the nicest people I've met in the business, and they really are the most abused. And it's an abomination what they're, how they're being treated here. Whenever possible, uh, again, more disinfectant, hand sanitizer, slap each other with it, spray it on each other with super soakers, dance in it, and swim in it. Whenever possible, traffic patterns for entry, exit, and during training sessions will be established to help maximize social distancing and communism, because that's the best way for us to 
stop the spread of blah, blah, blah. Uh, it doesn't say that. Now I'm going crazy. My apologies. Alumni are not permitted to participate in practices or use school facilities at this time. Spectators may be limited based upon OSHA guidance. Administration will determine the plan. Thank you for your time. We want to keep everybody safe. We know face-to-face -face education is the best and the blah, 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 blah. Okay. Here's what I've done. I'm going to create another PDF, which I'll put in the next episode. But I have created one PDF that you can cut and paste, tailor any way you want. And it's just one paragraph after another with a ton of facts at the end with, again, a reminder that people are being sued for this school doing what they're doing. Doctors are being sued. Nurses who are doing this are being sued. Hospitals are being sued. People are being sued for all of this for what they're doing here because it's it's a crime against humanity. So I'm going to include it in the description below the PDF that I have sent this district and at least 10 others in my local area. Again, I hit up the school board members, the superintendents, and I'm going to hit up the principals and the assistant principals at the local schools and I'm probably going to send it to student uh, to teachers as well. Are they going to abide by what I say? Of course not. Are they going to believe a word of what's written and all the facts that are involved in this document? No. Why? Because they're not well. They're not well anymore. They're jabbed, they're bureaucrats, and these are not healthy environments for anyone. <sighs> Time to go eat something. I'm going crazy. I'll catch you on Friday, I promise. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.